What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. This is the podcast where there are no rules and no topic is off limits. Here we are leaving the filtered, curated and socially acceptable version of ourselves at the theoretical door and together we will walk into a world of radical self-expression, true authenticity and deep vulnerability. This podcast is for you if you're a stigma fighter, a shame slayer, a woman desiring to call in her aligned partner or simply a woman sick of not showing the fuck up to her life as her true authentic self. I cannot wait to welcome you into my world and connect with every single one of you. Strap yourself in because we are only just getting started. Let's fucking go. Good morning, good afternoon, hello, wherever you are in the world. I am sitting here with, I'm just going to get it out in the open, my girl crush, just so that I feel relieved. (laughs) My girl crush, Brooke. The little bitch. Now that I feel better about this session, welcome <laughs> to Raw, Real and Vulnerable. Thank you, Meg, and thank you for the lovely compliment to start the episode. I very much appreciate that. <laughs> to give context, recently Brooke posted a photo and I wrote, you get to leave Dom, I get to leave Jake, and we get to run away together. Brooke's on a beautiful holiday with her husband and child in Europe and I'm not there, so... You are more than welcome. Come on over. We have plenty of space for everyone. Oh, my God. You're amazing. So, Brooke, I am really excited to have you here. And for any woman listening to my podcast right now who has not had the privilege of entering your world, your space, your social community, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do in the world? Can you tell us a little about you? I am an Instagram coach and also auditor. I'm a keynote speaker. I've had the pleasure of traveling the world and presenting on Instagram for business and personal branding at conferences worldwide. I am the founder of The Social Club, which is my online education platform where I teach business owners how to grow and sell using Instagram. I'm also a mum to my little boy, Carlo, who's one, and a wife to my husband, Dom. Oh, my goodness. And you're Perth-based, right? Yes and no. Recently, we've had to make some big life changes because two years ago, before Carlo was even a thought, we decided to build our first home after living in a one-bedroom apartment for seven years. Unfortunately, that's not really gone so well. I thought we would be living in the home when I had my son and it doesn't even have a roof on it yet. We found ourselves in a pretty sticky situation. We ended up moving back in with my parents. Both of our fathers are from Croatia. So I have family in Croatia and also my husband has family in Croatia. And there is a family house, which I'm sitting in right now, that is currently in the process of being built over here. And when it was looking like our house wouldn't be ready, we always made this joke Like, well, if our house isn't ready by the time the baby's here, we'll just go live in Croatia. And then obviously the baby came and then the baby got older and bigger and it was looking like our house wasn't going to be ready. And the idea of coming to live in this house over here became less of a joke and actually made a lot more sense. And so now here we are. And how does it feel to be there now? Like we should have done this two years ago, but we couldn't, obviously with COVID, but we were actually on the very first ever flight from Perth to Rome. So that was a new flight pass that only got introduced since flying resumed. 
And we were like, yeah, cool, get us on the flight, get us over there. And we never actually finalized the decision to go together. We talked about it. We joked about it. We said, sure, this is something we should do. I woke up one morning and this was a few months ago and Dom said to me, we're booked. I said, for dinner? We're booked for what? And he said, we're booked on the first flight ever to Rome. And I said, when? For? And he said, on June the 22nd, we moved to Croatia. It's so funny because I'm a massive control freak and normally something like a big decision being taken out of my control would freak me out. But the past three years has been obviously pretty horrible for everyone. For myself, I thought I was going to lose my business. My husband lost the job he was working on. We thought we were going to lose all of our savings and I also lost my sister. So I experienced a lot over the last three years. And I would consider myself a pretty glass half full person. I do always try and see the positives, but it's been a very heavy few years for me personally. And in that moment when he said we're booked, I feel like I lost about 50 kilos in an instant. And it never, ever, ever crossed my mind, is this the right decision? So it just felt so right in your body to hear that news and know that that's where you were going to feel that lightness immediately. Oh, it was like the biggest relief. Even talking about it now, I'm getting like chills through my body. It was the best decision we've ever made. Amazing, Brooke. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I have a question to ask you on that. Obviously, you come across as a very glass, like very full and very overflowing, (laughs) just How did you manage your emotions and be able to show up in the way in which you do throughout that time with everything that you just shared? That's quite heavy. Yeah, it was. It was a lot. Baby, lots of sister, potential loss of business, husband's business. Yeah. It's a lot. And when I say it, it sounds like a lot in one package, but this happened obviously over a few years. The social club, which is my business, is a subscription. So the businesses pay a monthly fee to access the coaching that's available. And the other part of my business, which was keynote speaking, was something that I had been building up over the five years before COVID hit. And I felt like I'd just gotten to a point where my entire year was mapped out with incredible speaking gigs and opportunities all over the world. And that was really exciting to me because when I first started this business and first started working with a coach, I said, that would be like my five-year plan that I wanted to be able to travel the world and speak. Up until that point, I'd had a lot of services on offer and I decided that going forward in that year, I was just going to focus on the two services, the speaking and presenting and then the social club because the social club obviously being online, I can do that from anywhere in the world. So I got rid of all my other services and all my other revenue streams in the business And then COVID hit. So within two weeks, all of the speaking engagements that I had lined up were obviously cancelled. So that was that revenue stream gone. The mainstream media in Australia was constantly giving recommendations and advice and tips on what business owners needed to do to survive what we were about to head into. And the first two was ask for a reduction in your rent. And the second one was cancel all subscriptions. At this point of time, I had almost a 1,000 paying members on my subscription 
within two weeks that dropped to 400, I literally could not keep up with the cancellation requests that were coming in. Every single day, that was how I was starting my day. How did you feel as that was happening every single day, having so many cancellations coming through that you weren't feeling like you could keep up with the email request to unsubscribe? What was going on in your body as that was happening? I felt absolutely defeated and depleted. And my husband is a trade. So he works in air conditioning and I was trying to explain it to him. And I said, imagine if you spent all day installing an air conditioning unit and then you got to the job the next day to be ripped down. That's how I felt every single day. Soul destroying. What I then also had going on in my personal life with my sister who was really sick almost gave me that constant perspective that, yes, your business is falling apart, everything you've worked really hard towards is falling apart, and, yes, this is crushing your soul, but do I get to wake up healthy every day? Yes. Do I get to wake up every day and decide I can do anything that I really want to do in my life that day? Yes. It gave me a different perspective to get through what was going on in my business because, yes, my business was falling apart, but I was healthy enough to build it back up. So when you start a business, you don't think about how can I get out. I know you should and you should always be smart about how to sell your business, but I'm a personal brand. So it's a bit harder for me to get out. It was the first time really in the past five years that I actually felt like maybe there was an out. If I didn't really truly love what I did, this was my out. I didn't have the speaking anymore. I would just let the rest of the members cancel and I projected within two months they would have all cancelled. That was my business gone. If I don't speak and I don't have the social club, then what am I? Just an Instagram account. If I don't have customers, am I even a business anymore? And I remember being on the phone to Dom and I was crying because he was FIFO at the time. So he was working up north. All the flights were cancelled. Regional borders were shut. He couldn't get back into Perth. So I was crying on the phone to him and I was like, I guess if I want out, this is my out and I'll wait for the world to turn around. I guess we'll move into my parents because we've lost all of our savings and I'll, I don't know, go work at Coles or something. But when you walk into a ward of sick and dying people every day, you realise that nothing else in life matters other than your health because you can turn anything around. I wasn't facing death. So yes, I suppose I was facing the death of my business, but I wasn't facing overall death. I didn't know that that was your story. I've seen your Instagram. I've been to your spotlight. I see the glamour clothes and just everything that you do. But wow, I'm so inspired that that is your story. Thank you for sharing. Is that the pivot for you using that experience with your sister as the anchor to drive you? So this was two years ago. It was the 24th of June that she passed away. It's almost taken me to here and now to sort of reflect on what I didn't realize I was doing because of what was going on and I guess the grief and how I was feeling. Like watching someone slowly pass away is human torture. And that's even selfish for me to say because I'm just watching it. I'm not the one slowly passing away. And it's one of the worst experiences I think that any human can go through. You're in coping mode because also when it's a family death, it's not just your grief. You know, my mom and my dad and my other sisters and my family members, her husband, obviously it's everybody's grief that you are a part of. 
you've just got to find a way to navigate through it. And I feel very lucky that in 36 years, I've not been close to anybody else in that sort of experience. So I, I didn't realize what I was even going into when I found out she was sick, but it was horrible. For me, I suppose with my business, it was the thing that got me through because I had something in my life that I really loved and I really loved to do. I couldn't help my sister, but I could help my customers and make a difference there. Whereas with my sister, I couldn't make any difference. Oh my goodness. So beautiful, Brooke. Thank you for sharing. Is that why it's so important for you to make a difference in other people's lives now? It must be. I don't know yet the core of that, but the feeling is unlike anything else I've ever experienced in my life or any other role that I've had. So I suppose that's when you know there must be something there. Mm, And you're following the feeling. Yeah. Majority of people, I think it's fair to say, have a strong love-hate relationship with social media and would Mm -hmm. hate to have to be on social media all day, every day. But for me, it's more of a channel to serve and it's the serving that lights me up. I love that. So my next question for you is really you're going through that experience within your own business. The subscriptions have dropped to 400. You're navigating deep grief, which I can only imagine what that felt like, everything that's going on with your husband. In the coaching world, we call it the art of the pivot. Like you're ready to essentially refund the remaining 400 and go to Coles. What was that pivot moment for you? Nothing against Coles. There's definitely a moment where it felt like the idea of just rocking up to a shift and doing my thing and then walking away seemed very attractive to me. But you know that concept of like your inner child? I felt like in that moment my inner child said, no, you're not doing that. You've worked so hard to get to where you are. All those moments, it's almost like I saw them in a flash in front of me and my inner child went, absolutely not. You are not going to work at Coles. Get rid of that idea. That's not happening. You're going to show up and you're going to do this even if you're doing it to no one and you're not going to give up. And that's what I did. Just before COVID hit, I had been to Dubai to speak at a conference and there was another speaker at the conference who was a venture capitalist. You know, sometimes you hear someone speak and you're just like, I don't even care what you do or how you do it. I just know I need you in my life. I contacted him and was like, can I please have a meeting with you? I don't know why, but I feel like you're the person that needs to help me right now. I ended up working with him as a business coach. He actually gave me the tools and strategies to get out of it, something that seems so obvious to have done now, but I was in the pits of it and I believe very strongly in coaching. I always have. And I got out of it. I managed to turn the business around in a couple of months and I know it was a couple of months because when my bookkeeper did my application for job keeper or job seeker or whatever it was, I couldn't get it because I turned my business around that I no longer are qualified for it. I'm now making more money than I ever imagined was possible. So is it safe to say COVID was actually the greatest gift in really strange wrapping paper for you? Really strange wrapping paper. (laughs) 
Yes, that is the perfect analogy. Oh my goodness. I love that. So, you know, it's really funny when you were chatting about not everyone's dream is to be on Instagram all day long. And mm-hmm. last week when I was thinking about our interview together and I was like, can't wait. I was like, what would I be about that would really align with my audience? And I thought to myself, mm-hmm. it would be something along the lines of blowing up your IG whilst managing your own internal boundaries. Literally the next post that came through my feed was your reel around Instagram exhaustion and how you manage it. Yeah, that's so funny. What a timing. I know. So I'd love you to speak a little bit more into that because you are someone who does seem like they're on Instagram a lot. You support people to thrive in their business. So I'm curious how people would navigate that and how you support yourself and others to navigate it. I think the problem lies with people feeling like they don't have control of the platform or control of their notifications. For me, the control came from realizing that I could just turn off my notifications and then make a schedule of what I was going to do and when so that it fit into my life without feeling like I was constantly being interrupted. When you wake up and the first thing that you do in the morning is check your phone, you spend the rest of your day in a reactive state of mind because literally these applications are built for you to react. That's how they work. That's how algorithms work. If you can spend the first couple of hours of your day doing something for you and your mind and your body and your soul, then you're going to be able to navigate the situations that come up in your day, you know, whether they be stressful, reactive, whatever it is with a level head. So that was something that I started implementing in my life when I personally felt like I was burning out and my social media was becoming too much. And it made such a huge instant impact. And not just to my mind, but because I'm a teacher, it made a lot of impact in just how I explained things and strategies and how I communicated with my customer, how I taught my workshops. And I really noticed the difference on the days that I had a morning routine, which included not checking my phone, how that would play out for the rest of the day versus the days that I didn't. And I suppose it also started that concept for me personally of habit stacking and what else that I could then start implementing into my life that would make me feel back in control again and actually enjoy the time that I spent on the platform. I also don't have emails on my phone and (laughs) I'll admit I just could never get them set up. And then I took it as a sign from the universe that it wasn't meant to be. And here we are seven years later and I still don't. But it's also, again, that concept of I'm not interrupted. And when I sit down to work at my laptop, I'm very mindful and very focused and in the zone rather than in and out of the zone all day long. Would you say that you're highly disciplined, Brooke? I am extremely disciplined. Discipline is something that just takes practice. But I know the outcome of it because over the last seven years, obviously I've learned what happens when I'm not disciplined and I want the result of what discipline gives me and the life that discipline gives me and I'm living the life that discipline has given me. And do you feel like that's almost unconsciously paired with the drive to get your business off the ground when it was kind of in a very dire situation when COVID hit, also paired with going into these wards every day, having that incredible value for, well, I have my health, 
which means that I have my life. And Instagram really could chew up a lot of it if you allowed it to. And that's not the purpose of the platform or the work that you're doing or the service that you're providing. You're literally using the business so that you have a higher quality of life. So if you anchored the two together, of course, you want to be disciplined because that would be going entirely against your values to be on Instagram all day, giving away your life when life was the reason that drove you to take this incredible amount of action. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And I get a lot of questions around how much of my personal life do I have to share to grow a business? You have the control. If you don't want to share it, don't share it. Simple. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to find a way to make it work for you and grow your business. Yes, you've got to showcase the person behind the brand because that's why people follow people on Instagram. But you can do that without sharing every five minutes from your Friday to Monday. And do you have your own internal boundaries around how much you share so that you still get your own sacred brook space? Yeah, I absolutely do. And I wonder if that's something that came into play a lot more for me with what I did go through in the past few years because what happened with my sister, that wasn't my story to share. That was her story. And it wasn't something that she wanted to share. So, you know, a lot of the time when people didn't even know I was in the hospital, I played out not having to share your whole life on social media in order to let my business survive. And then I think realizing for myself, oh, well, hang on a minute, I don't need to share X, Y, and Z but I can still be comfortable with what I am sharing that it is connecting with my audience and they are relating to it. They are finding it valuable then made me realize I don't want to spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours a day responding to DMs. So I'm going to take two days off because the more that I share, the more that I have to respond to. So if I take a couple of days off and share less, then I have less to respond to. And all around, my business will still survive. (laughs) My business will still be alive tomorrow if I don't post today. Uh, Which so many people get caught up in thinking it won't, but it will. Social media is, I don't even want to say a long-term game. It's a permanent fixture in your business. It doesn't have an end. So... What then makes you feel like if you take a day off, everything will fall apart? Just pick it back up. I'd love to ask you a question on that specifically. I have a girlfriend going through a really hard time at the moment. She's a personal brand, cancelling all her clients, crying all the time, doesn't want to show up online, doesn't want to share what's going on because she feels it's really inauthentic because she's in it. And I've asked her what support she'd love from me and she said just a friend to listen, no feedback. So for any woman who's in that experience of running a business, being her own brand and going through something really emotionally traumatic and or painful, what would you suggest to that woman who still desires to support her business in some capacity and show up online but just doesn't feel like she knows how? Creating content isn't the hard part. It's the pressure of flipping the script off being very focused on you to no longer being focused on you and thinking if it's not focused on you, people won't engage and people won't care. Firstly, if you just don't want to post, then don't. Focus on other areas of your business where perhaps you don't feel so exposed. I know when I send an email blast versus a post, it doesn't have that same pressure, I suppose, because an email blast doesn't need engagement to be successful. It's still a really important part of your business and your marketing strategy and how you convert 
your leads into customers. Like look at your business, I suppose, from anything else that isn't social media, what can you do with that part of the business? That would be, I guess, my first recommendation. Second recommendation, if you are still happy to be on social media, then just pull it back. Like if you were posting every single day, just post twice a week. And my third tip would be name your ideal customer, give them an age, give them a location, identify their top five struggles, identify the life that they want to have or what is the outcome that they're looking to achieve. When you are creating those, say, two posts a week, make it all about them. It is not about you. It's got nothing to do with you. My ideal customer is called Adele. So if I'm in a position where I don't want to talk about me and I don't want it to be about me, then I think, all right, where's Adele at today? What could I share or what could I say on my stories? What posts could I create that would help Adele today with XYZ, insert whatever Adele is struggling with to get Adele XYZ result that she is looking for today. And when you really, really think about communicating with one person, it again takes that pressure of feeling exposed to the world of Instagram and just how could I help one person today? This is what I'm going to share that's going to help this one person. You'll probably be quite surprised that it actually will probably go off more than when you were just sharing random content every single day. So using Adele as your source of inspiration. Absolutely. I always have done. And I suppose Adele is what got me through that time because I didn't want to talk about myself and I didn't obviously want to share what was going on for me personally. So I just focused on Adele. Adele was also going through COVID. Adele was also at risk of losing her business through COVID. So I was helping Adele as I was in turn helping myself. I love that. It reminds me of Simon Sinek. Uh, He says, make it about them, not about you. Absolutely. And there is a misconception that if you have a personal brand on Instagram, it has to be about you. No, it's about how your brand and your experience and your service and your offers and your point of difference and your knowledge can help someone else achieve their goals. So you've just got to flip your mindset on it a little bit. And of course, if you want to share your personal experience and things that have been going on, like for me, I feel like, again, the past couple of years, I have not wanted to share what's been going on with me behind the scenes. I've really held it tight and really close to my heart. And it's not until we left Perth that I felt like, actually, I'm excited to share these little behind-the-scenes snippets, the reel that I did of my friend and I dancing with Carlo and little things like that, I want to share them now and I don't feel the pressure that I used to feel from that and it's definitely something that I don't know if I was still in Perth, I would feel safe to do that. I almost felt like there was so much heaviness and baggage for me in Perth that I just needed to leave for a little bit to almost feel like I could do that again. Can I share what I love most about hearing all of this from you today? It feels like you're sharing this now because it feels genuinely, authentically, something really empowering personally for you. So it's a desire to be vulnerable versus 
you know, I'm in part of the coaching world. So it's like vulnerability is the key to, to connecting with people. What is a vulnerable thing that I must share that will connect my audience with me versus just talking about Adele because today it doesn't feel authentic to be vulnerable. And so it really feels like even though you're still so about your customer, it's like this part of your authenticity and your expression is because it feels so genuine for you. There's no, what's the gain of it? Who can I connect with through my vulnerability? I've loved it personally. Thank you. I think for me, the past few years, not that showing up has been a struggle, but it's felt harder. Whereas coming here, it's starting to feel natural again. And even like, I love my son. He's the best thing that's ever happened in my life. I love him so much. So fucking cute. Anyway, but I had a really hard pregnancy. I was really, really sick. And then I had really bad insomnia. And obviously I was very grateful to be pregnant, but it was just, it's not my best nine months in my life. And my team said to me the other day, you seem like your pre-pregnancy self again. Like you seem just so happy and calm and just, just yourself. And it was so nice to hear that because that, that is how I feel. And it's funny when you have to leave the normal and everything you know and everything you think is you to actually find you again. And it's not about running away. It's just that time and that season is done. And what a beautiful season to be, it's like closing out the winter and stepping into your summer. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's what's happening to me at the moment, even to a point that I'd stopped doing podcasts and I had sort of used the excuse of I'm packing to go to Europe and it's just, there's too much going on for me and I can't make it work. And yes, it was more challenging because I only had Dom once a week looking after Carlo. So everything that I really needed to do in my business, podcasting, except like anything where I can't have a screaming baby in the background, I could only do on a Monday and I could only do so many. And there was one day where I did five in a row and I just pushed my body weight. Like doing a podcast is like doing a workout and I pushed my body weight too much. And then I got really sick and it's just not great. And then I, so I was like, I don't want to do this anymore because I'm, I'm sick of talking about myself. I'm sick of just feeling shit and I, I just don't want to do this anymore. And then when we got to Europe and I obviously felt like I came alive again and I said to my manager and my assistant, go and contact all of those people that wanted to do podcasts, like let's do them, I'm ready. And then when I saw your message, inviting me on the podcast. I was like, oh my God, yes, I would love to. I was like, yeah, let's get this booked in. And I've been doing podcasts like almost every single day and I love it because I finally feel like I have something worth sharing again rather than perhaps being the person you just described that felt like they were forcing to say the thing that you think people want to hear because that's your job as a coach and they put you up here, but really you're feeling like shit. So it's actually nice to just do an interview where I feel like I can just be honest. I love that so much. It's like taking three steps back to propel yourself 10 steps forward. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're not robots and everyone has things going on in their life and their personal life or even everything that's going on externally. And you can only take so much. And giving birth and pregnancy and all of that, that's a whole other hormonal, mental, 
weight that you carry for a long time. And I guess it's a lot to do as well with the sleep deprivation and all of that. But it's a lot to run a business and be a mother and be a wife and be a daughter and be a friend. It's a lot. And every now and again, it just catches up. So what do you do and what are you going to do now really to support yourself in this next season of your life? (gasps) This might sound really shallow, but something that I really regret from my time before I had Carlo was not really doing enough self-care. Yes, I would wake up every day and I would go to the gym, but I actually didn't really go to the gym for the exercise perspective. I went to the gym because I work from home alone and I'm an extremely extroverted person. And for me to get motivated to start my day, I need to be around people. I need that energy of other people. The worst thing that could ever happen to me is that I'm just left alone. My creativity will be gone. My motivation will be gone. My discipline will go like that. So, Yes, it was a form of self-care, but then I didn't really do anything where I was just silent and still, which I've come to learn is also another important form of self-care. So I'm going to start getting a massage once a week because, yes, I enjoy the physical part of a massage, but for me, whenever I have a massage, I just get like the best ideas and my poor assistant, when we used to go and have spa days together, it was not relaxing for her because <laughs> I would, she, she would come out of the massage and she would crack up about this and she'd be like half asleep and drooling and I'd be like, okay, let's do this, let's do this. I've got an idea about this. How about we do this? So you got a notepad <laughs> and pen in the middle of Kitura Day Spa. That's what she literally said. She's like, I need to take a notepad into our next massage because you are nuts. But for me, it's something that I really enjoy and I just don't get the time to do it. So that's what I really want to start doing for me. And I actually have my first one tomorrow. Oh my goodness. How good. My first business coach was like, I think Becky need to stop working so much and just go get a massage. I was like, massage won't create results. And she was like, I reckon you might come up with a few more ideas that you actually think you get really great results. And then once she said that to me, I was like, really? She's like, all my best ideas come in the middle of my massages. Yes. Yes, me too. So imagine if I got massages once a week instead of once every six months, where I might be. Mm-hmm. That's that's my new strategy and Amazing. I'm going to stick with it. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> I'm fully supporting you in that strategy, Brooke, just so you, you know. Thank you. Something that I've seen you do online that I love is sometimes you can get some interesting comments from, I don't know if you want to call them haters or people who are jealous, but you handle it in the funniest way and it cracks <laughs> me up. And I have a lot of women in my world who really desire to be more authentic online, but they really fear the judgment, the projection, and or the hater that could come at them. And of course, you're, as I said at the beginning, a very beautiful woman who I'm sure gets a lot of projection from people that maybe look at you and just think, wow, and they maybe navigate their own insecurities as they see you online. What do you do and how do you handle that? Uh, Look, I'll be honest with you, every now and again, there's a comment that stings. I'm like, oh, was it really necessary to say that? But... If you put yourself out there online, this is a part of it and it's a shit part of it, but there's so many incredible parts of it. I like to use humor to deal with negativity 
And that's what I do. I just make fun of it. And if it makes someone else laugh, well, that's fine. That doesn't bother me. You make me laugh, Brooke. Thank you. <laughs> how, how are you at not carrying that comment with you? Some women that work with me, if they receive one comment online, that comment can control their entire day, their entire week. Fear rises within them. They don't want to show up on Instagram again because of that comment. More things could come their way. What would you really say to that woman? Totally understandable. This is probably not a great thing to say. but So I used to do a segment in Perth on Channel 9 it was called The Pulse. So it was actually nothing to do with my business. If I ever got to speak about social media on it, it was just coincidence. So we were given three news topics of the day and asked to comment on it. Now, these could be anything from like fun and light to heavy topics like when the vaccine was becoming created and I was pregnant and I got some questions about this was before it was publicly safe for pregnant women to use. And I got asked some questions about whether I'd be taking it. And I said, no. And I got fucking slaughtered online. I set up another Facebook account under my name and made it look like a professional account. And to be honest, I don't even know what the password is. But one day, somehow I got into that account and started seeing all the messages that come up there. And gosh, there were just some really, really horrible, horrible messages. And I think, again, this is the part where I say maybe this isn't a good tip, but the more you get, almost the less it impacts you. And the first couple hurt when you're so used to having, you know, your community who follow you because they love you and then your first hater comes in, your first troll comes in. They really fucking sting. But then the bigger you get, the more you get, it shifts the balance because the less it impacts you because you're just like, yeah, heard that before. Oh, you're not the first person to tell me I have the most annoying voice on the internet, but thank you. I don't know. You just start to be able to shake it off easier. It's just something that happens over time. I could say like, go for a walk and do this and do that. But if it hurts your feelings, it hurts your feelings. I think acknowledging that it hurts your feelings is not a problem. Acknowledging that it takes a hit to your ego and a massive hit to your confidence. Yeah, because you're a normal human being and human beings weren't designed to be criticized constantly by strangers online but that's the world that we live in so if you want to play in that world you just need to accept that this is a part of it and you need to find your way to handle it whatever that looks like i do very much agree with the building of emotional resilience the frequency in which they come the less the sting actually hurts totally what would you say to any woman who was really aiming for instagram fame my motto is you do you. So if that's what you want, then go for it. But Instagram fame is a full-time job and it comes with full-time work and a full-time workload and constant criticism and certain feelings that are not all glitz and glam and positivity. So just sit down and brainstorm the big picture of Instagram fame and perhaps sit with, is that what you want? Like Instagram fame is just one part of the clog, really. Do you want that life? And if you don't want that life, well, what do you actually want? I've been rereading the four-hour work week. When I was working at my previous job, I saw this book in a bookstore and I was working like seven days a week. 
70 plus hours a week. And I remember still seeing the title and just thinking, how ridiculous. Only work four hours a week. And I was purely seeing it in like a hourly wage scenario of what I was earning at the time. So for me, that would have been just over $100 a week. And I just thought this is not possible that I could live anywhere and I could do this and I could do that. So naturally, I was interested. And I read the book and it really opened my mind to just a new way of working and living and a new perspective of what we think we want versus what we actually want. And in the book, he talks about how everyone wants to be a millionaire because I actually bought the book before we left to come to Croatia because I thought I really want to read now that I'm working in a very different way. I want to reread it and see how much of what I read in that book I've implemented subconsciously over the last 10 years. And he talks about, yeah, this concept of everyone wants to be a millionaire. Well, no, you don't. You want the lifestyle and you want the experiences that you think money will get you. So that's why I say to you, if you want Instagram fame, well, no, you don't. What do you think Instagram fame is going to get you? Sit down, map that out, and then decide if becoming Instagram famous is going to get you there. If it is what's going to get you there, then you need to accept that there's going to be a whole heap of work and bombs and things that you probably didn't expect to get you that to then get you the thing and accept it and don't complain about it when it happens. I think I'm very big on acceptance if that's the choice you want to make. You need to accept the consequences and the negatives that also come with the positives. And what I'm really hearing is understanding why you want the thing, not just the title of the thing, which sounds really similar to another mentor of mine who said once, who wants a seven-figure coaching business? And all the coaches put their hand up, everyone did. And then he went and explained his lifestyle attached to when he had a $100,000 coaching business and a three hundred and a 500, and a 1 million, and a 3 million. And then the hands change. He's like, now let's ask the same question. And the hands on the screen change because people think of the number, but they don't think of what the work looks like to create that number, what the lifestyle looks like as well, and the responsibility. Absolutely. And everyone has a different definition of success. And right now, for me, in my life, success means being able to get up every day, spend a couple of hours a day doing something that I absolutely love, being able to spend as much time with my son as possible and my husband and being warm. Notice how none of that was, I need to be making X amount of dollars to do that. That's what I have the capacity for in my life right now. And I can say with my hand on my heart that I'm the happiest right now than I've ever been. Do I work the hardest? No. But looking back even just a month ago you know my husband would get up when it was dark he would go to work he would be lucky if he'd see Carlo in the morning then he would get home it would be straight into Carlo dinner time bath time I was exhausted because I'd been working all day long looking after Carlo and then trying to get my actual work done in between and it was not an enjoyable way to live I felt like a failure and I was having this conversation with my manager last week and she was like, it's so interesting to hear you say that because from the outside, you know, and the glamour and the events and the life, it looked like you were the epitome of success. But I was feeling like a 36-year-old married woman with a one-year-old that just moved back into their parents' back room and barely saw my husband, could 
barely get through my work actually feeling like I was doing a good job, was probably tense and on edge all the time in between navigating, living with my parents and that whole scenario. And I don't want that life. That's not success to me. Yeah, it's money, but it's not success. I sent someone a picture of how we were living over here and someone said, oh my God, it looks so basic. Are you okay? And it was that real moment of, to you, what I'm doing right now, you felt like you needed to ask if I was okay. But to me, I have everything I could ever want. I've got quality time with my husband. I've got quality time with my child and a job that I get to love every single day. And yes, I'm only working a couple of hours a day on it, but that's enough for me right now. So really working out what does success mean to you? And if it's totally different to what everybody else says, that's okay because you have to wake up every day and live it, not them. Mm. For so many women in my world who would look at people with online businesses that appear from the external incredibly successful, I think that's such beautiful insight into what's really going on and really how you can realign to your own values and pivot and take a new direction. Absolutely. Mm. And if you have built up a big business, for so many people, and this was definitely a position that I found myself in, you know, everyone starts a business for freedom and flexibility, but you go hard and you go hard and you go hard because you have to. That's what you have to do to get it off the ground and compete with everybody else. But then you find yourself in a position, you've grown a team, you're responsible for their lives. Like I have full-time staff that rely on paying their mortgages with the money that my business makes. So I've got a responsibility to cover them now. I can't just disappear. And suddenly your business actually becomes a job that you can't get away from. But that's your fault. You did that. So there comes a point where when you do feel like your business is at a stage where you can't get away from it and you're working wild hours, that's when you need to step back and work out what you want. This idea of coming and living in Croatia, this was something that we started talking about you know, years ago. And it was actually once I had Carlo that I really sat down and said, all right, if in 12 months time, we want to be living overseas, what do I have to do now that I can start working towards to get us to a point where we could actually do that? Yes, the flight was booked like that, but the clogs were in motion 12 months ago that if it became an option for us to be able to, that we could. And yes, it involved sacrifice and yes, it involved pulling back and I know there's people who will be listening to this and be like, oh, you didn't pay yourself for a couple of weeks. But as someone who's seven years into their business to not pay themselves for a couple of weeks, that's kind of an embarrassing thing to admit. But I had to because I had sacrifices that I had to make to get to the business to where I wanted it to be. And the sacrifices involved building my team and sacrificing my income so that I could pay them, so that I could step back, so that then I would be able to get it to that next stage that I needed it to be in so that I could be here in Croatia. And there's a lot of people who aren't willing to make those kind of sacrifices, but that's what you have to do. I love how matter of fact you are and how honest you've been about your entire journey. Thank you. It's nice to share it. I always ask all my guests the same question. I really feel like it's a very big theme for our entire conversation, but the title of the podcast is Raw, Real and Vulnerable. And I'm curious, Brooke, what it means to you in your life to be raw, real and vulnerable? I think it's to feel safe. 
Because if you don't feel safe, it's really hard to be raw, real and vulnerable because you feel like you're constantly trying to be the person that you think other people think you are. Especially in my position, I get judged a lot in good ways and bad ways and I hear a lot from people that your social media makes you look a certain way and there's like a lot more depth to you. But yes, of course, because how can I give you 100% of me via a still image or a 15-second clip online? And just remember that when you're looking at people's social media as well and this whole like Insta-famous and perfect life concept. Thank you very much for sharing time with me today in your home, which does not look basic to me at all. It's front row on the ocean in Croatia. It looks my dream for any woman and or man that's listened to this right now and is just desiring to find their way into your world. Brooke, where can they find you? So you can find me at brookvalinovich.com, which is a little hard to spell, but I also have my business, which is socialclubcommunity.com which is probably easier to spell, and then you can find me through there. All the details, all the links, everything will be in the show notes. Brooke, it was so amazing spending this time with you. Thank you for being so real, raw, and vulnerable with me today. It's personally been so rewarding to get to know you and your depth. And the beautiful woman that I spoke about at the beginning, just now, she's so much more well to me than ever before. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Brooke. I appreciate it. And thank you so much to everyone who listened. Very much appreciate your time. Thank you, Brooke. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.